Hello, and thanks for joining us for episode seven of Married Well, the podcast. Welcome to Married Well, the podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Creed. As a practicing therapist and marriage counselor, I help modern couples rebalance their relationship. In this show, we explore the real issues faced by couples today and share the best strategies for making marriage work. Are you frustrated with your marriage, disappointed with the reality of your relationship, or are you just struggling to make it all work? You're not alone and you're in the right place. This is your source for real advice for real couples who want to stay married well. Disappointment. This is probably one of the toughest topics to talk about in marriage. It is such an awful feeling. No one likes to be disappointed and no one wants to be disappointing, especially to their spouse. And that's one of the reasons why this is so hard to talk about, but it's an important conversation that all couples need to have. And that's why on today's episode, I want to talk about disappointment. We're going to talk about disappointment and expectations. We're going to explore the link between expectations and disappointment how the wrong expectations can set you and your partner up for failure and how to talk to your partner about what you need instead of telling them what they're doing wrong. So grab a cup of coffee and let's talk. So I am going to the water park this weekend and I have to be honest, I am, I'm actually super excited about this. You know, I decided to go on this mini vacation with my kids to celebrate the end of the school year. I'm super proud of how well they did this year. I know this was a hard year to come back to school. And, you know, to be honest, I'm also really super proud of myself and how far I made it. This was a really tough year. And so I wanted to celebrate my kiddos by going on this mini vacation. And we're going to spend two nights and three days at a water park. And let me tell you, if you knew me pre-kids, you would be shocked at how excited I am. And to be, you know, very transparent, even most of my friends these days are kind of shocked that this is what I want to do. I really, really want to go to this water park. And not only are we going to a water park, it is an indoor water park. And again, kind of like I said, if you know me very well, you probably would know that a few years ago, this sort of thing would be my nightmare, but I am so looking forward to it because for me, it is a few days off. You know, as the parent, I don't have to plan activities. I don't have to cook any meals. I don't have to pick up around the house. I just get to go and spend some time with my kids and enjoy a couple days of fun. And I'm going into this vacation with the expectation that, well, one, it's going to be chaos. <laughs> and two, I'm going into this vacation with the expectation that it's going to be all about my kids and swimming and laughing and watching movies and eating junk food. And I say that because this is one of the reasons why I love going to the water park and why I'm so excited because my expectations around what I want from my kids, what I want from myself, what I want from my husband shift dramatically when we're on vacation. And it's even easier for me to set some, let's say some healthy, realistic expectations for myself when we're in this water park. I don't expect that my kids are going to eat super healthy food. I don't expect that they're going to go to bed on time. I don't even expect that they're going to take a bath because they're going to be in the pool all day. And having this change in expectations is so incredibly relaxing. 
even if I don't really like going down the splash tube or floating in the wave pool. It's the shift in expectations and what I expect for myself and what I expect from my partner that I find so relaxing. And I also think that it's really nice to go into this new setting where I know what I'm going to get and my expectations are really reasonable. You know, I have to be honest when my kids were really young, I used to find that it was incredibly hard to go on vacation because I had all these expectations about what it was going to be like. You know, when I had a baby for some silly reason, I thought I was going to go on vacation and spend time with my spouse, right? Like old times. And I was super disappointed. I was angry all the time because I couldn't get the kids down for bed. You know, meal times were not on the right schedule. We didn't have a routine. You know, vacations used to be really, really hard for me. And at some point I had to step back and I had to ask myself, well, what are my expectations of this time together? And why are those expectations so important? And why do those expectations either, in the case of going to the water park, lead me to feeling excited and relaxed? Or in case of those old vacations, before I knew any better, why do my expectations lead me to feeling disappointed and hurt? And I wanted to talk about the water park because I think it's a perfect illustration of how expectations can either set us up for satisfaction with our partners, with our families, with our marriages, or they can set us up for failure. Here is the universal truth I want to talk about today. Satisfied, happy couples have high, realistic expectations of themselves and their partners. For happy couples, their expectations of themselves and each other are directly tied to their goals, their values, and their dreams. And happy couples have shared expectations. That's really important to keep in mind. Expectations, the stories we tell ourselves about what's going to happen and what something is going to be like, can set us up to feeling really good and really positive. But on the flip side, all of those stories, all of those expectations can also set us up for failure. And that's this other universal truth I want to talk about today. Unhappy couples, unsatisfied couples have really low expectations of themselves and their partner or unspoken expectations of themselves and their partners. And because they have these unspoken expectations, they're always feeling disappointed. And like we talked about at the very beginning of this show, disappointment is this incredibly difficult feeling for us to have. It's just gross. And most of the couples that I see in my office, most of the women that I talk to consistently express how hard it is to sit with that feeling and how hard they work to either avoid disappointment or to avoid being disappointing. And their expectations can shape their lives. Oftentimes, unfortunately, in this really negative and really exhausting way. If expectations and unmet expectations are a challenge in your marriage, you are not alone. I promise you. I have spent the last 10 years, more than a decade, talking to couples on the therapy couch. And this is a topic that comes up over and over and over again. And I think this comes up over and over and over again, because the concept of expectations is actually really complicated. 
from the time that we start going to school, we get bombarded with all of these ideas and all of these messages about what our expectations should be, what our expectations of what ourself, what ourselves should be. When we start dating, we get bombarded with all of these expectations about what our partners should be, what they should do. And over time, those expectations really, really pile up. And worse, we get mixed messages about expectations. Think about it. On the one hand, we're told you must have high expectations. If you do not have high expectations in yourself and your partner, you don't have any respect for yourself or you don't have any appreciation for yourself. Or we get the message, if you don't have high expectations, you're going to fail. So we get this message that high expectations are incredibly important, but we also get the message that it's important to have realistic expectations. And that contrary to the message we got earlier, that our expectations should actually be realistic or lower than what we set them out to be. And again, adding this other complicating layer for most of us, when we get married, especially after we have kids, we get the message that we're supposed to recalibrate our expectations. And I use that word carefully because oftentimes what that actually means is to lower our expectations, to lower expectations of life of marriage, of ourselves, of our partners. So we get all of these conflicting messages about expectations and all of this really bad advice. Because bottom line, it's actually really bad advice to lower your expectations. Because oftentimes when people say lower your expectations and when people hear, when we hear lower your expectations, what we actually do is we keep our expectations. We keep them the same place that they were before. And we start to tell ourselves a different story about our lives and our partners. So we keep our high expectations, but we tell ourselves the story that our partner is never going to meet them. That we're always going to be disappointed and that we're always going to be hurt. And when that happens, we stop talking about our expectations. So again, we still have them and we still feel disappointed and we still feel hurt but we stop talking about them. And that is incredibly bad advice for any marriage because once you stop talking about your expectations, you've given up. So I really want to talk to you today about how to talk about your expectations and how to talk about them with your partner in a healthy, helpful way. But before we get to that, let's talk about what expectations really are and why they're important. So expectations are this set of standards we have for ourselves, our partners, our families, our lives, and our behavior. Expectations can be really, really important because it is so easy to choose to do something that is not helpful, to choose to say something that is not thoughtful. It is so easy to kind of fall into these really negative habits around how we show up, right? How we show up in our jobs, how we show up in our marriages, how we show up for our friends. And having a set of expectations or a set of standards can keep us really engaged, essentially really engaged in our lives. So expectations are important, especially when they're the set of standards that we keep. It is important to have high standards, to have high standards for your boss and how they treat you, to have high standards for yourself and your friendships and high standards for your partner and your marriage. Because one of the things that we know is that the people around us, 
they will either rise or fall to the level of our expectations. So when we set really low expectations about how we want to be treated, what we expect at home, especially in the area of, let's say, balancing chores and housework and kids, if we set really low expectations, you'll find that your partner kind of rises to the level of those expectations. You set low expectations, they're going to meet those low expectations. You set high expectations. Wow. Now you have something to strive for. And this is not just for your partner, but for yourself. So expectations are really, really important. But that being said, expectations can either be helpful or unhelpful, healthy or unhealthy, depending on how they're built, depending on what they reflect. So let's talk about helpful expectations and what they are. Helpful expectations are a set of standards that are directly tied into your goals, your values, and your dreams. Your expectations, what you expect from yourself and your partner, what you expect from your marriage should directly reflect your goals for your marriage, your dreams for your marriage, your values in your marriage. Helpful expectations have this very direct link. And let me give you an example. So let's talk about, I don't know, cooking healthy dinner, right? I know so many families that I talk to, so many moms, I'm going to be real, so many moms that feel the pressure to cook a healthy home-cooked meal for their kids every night. That's their expectation of themselves. Now, cooking this healthy home-cooked meal, when it, this is a helpful, healthy expectation, is often tied to their overall value of health and wellness togetherness with their family, connectivity. When this expectation is helpful, it is directly tied to those values. So if I have a value of overall health and wellness, I might have an expectation of myself that I am going to cook healthy homemade meals for my family every night. If I have a value of family time and connectedness and togetherness, I might also have this expectation that we're going to eat meals together. Now, maybe you can already see how these expectations can start to conflict with each other, right? If I'm cooking a meal every night and I am taking the time away from my kids to do that, the time away from my husband to do that, I might find it hard to meet that other expectation of family time and togetherness. So this is why it can be really helpful and healthy to go back to your values. Again, helpful expectations represent your values. There's this direct tie. When you have an expectation and it's going to be helpful for you, you can talk directly about why it's so important. Healthy and helpful expectations are also reasonable expectations. So again, going back to this example of this expectation of cooking home-cooked meals, a reasonable expectation might be that I mostly cook healthy home-cooked meals for my family and that we eat them together most of the time. That is reasonable because the reality is I'm not cooking every night and I don't have time to cook every night. And sometimes I might be tired to cook, or sometimes we might be too busy because we decided to spend a little extra time hanging out at the park as a family. And there's just not time to put something homemade on the table. So again, healthy expectations are reasonable expectations. They're often tempered with this notion of most of the time or to the best of my abilities, right? So again, my example of healthy eating, cooking home-cooked meals, a helpful expectation might be that most of the time to the best of my ability, 
I will cook healthy home-cooked meals for my family and we'll sit down to the table and we'll eat together. So let's add another layer to that. Helpful, healthy expectations are not only tied to your goals, your values, and your dreams. They're not only reasonable, but they're also flexible. There is room to be influenced around these expectations. So for example, if my partner comes home from work one day and he says, honey, I really want pizza tonight. Okay. I might be able to be flexible with my expectation and meet his needs and meet him where he's at. I'm not rigid about this expectation. So again, reasonable, flexible, connected to your values. And here's the most important thing. And one of the hardest things for couples to really wrap their heads around helpful expectations are also shared expectations. These are expectations that you build together. These are not expectations where one person has this expectation of the other and the other person can either rise to the expectation or fall and disappoint them. These are shared expectations. So that really indicates that you have been talking about these expectations and that you have come together to decide what your expectations for each other, what your expectations for your marriage are going to be. So healthy, helpful expectations, they're all about your goals, your values, and your dreams. They're reasonable, they're flexible, and they are shared with your partner. These are the expectations that it's incredibly important to keep in your marriage. And it's incredibly important to keep a fairly high standard around these expectations. Now there's a flip side. There's unhealthy or unhelpful expectations. These are the things that most often cause conflict in relationships. It's these unhealthy or unhelpful expectations. So unhealthy or unhelpful expectations are almost the exact opposite of healthy expectations. So it's really easy to remember and really easy to assess. When you're thinking about your expectations, the first question that you want to ask yourself is, are they tied to my goals, values, and dreams? If they are not, this is probably an example of an unhealthy expectation. Unhealthy expectations are more often than not tied to a set of rules or a list of shoulds that we have in our lives, right? So for example, I might have this list of shoulds that passed down to me from my mom. This is a little insight into my psychology here about how clean my household should be. I have this rule that got placed in my head at some point in time that if I'm going to be a good mom, my household should be clean. And that's a rule that I should live by. That can be an unhealthy expectation for myself, especially if it does not tie back to any of my values or my goals. So when you're thinking about your expectations, it's really important to ask yourself, are they tied to something more meaningful? Are they just tied to this list of rules and shoulds that was passed down to me from other people? Unhealthy, unhelpful expectations are generally more of a set of rules than a set of standards. And because they're a set of rules, they tend to be really rigid. There's not a lot of flexibility in unhelpful or unhealthy expectations. So let's go back to this, this example expectation of making home-cooked meals. If I have a healthy expectation around this, I'm going to be pretty flexible and pretty reasonable. If I have an unhealthy expectation, I'm going to have a list of rules that my healthy meals have to comply with. I'm also going to be incredibly rigid about it. 
there's going to be no opportunities to have pizza on Friday night. There's not going to be a lot of space for getting takeout or for making mac and cheese when I'm really tired. If my expectations around this are unhealthy, they will be rigid. And another thing to think about with unhealthy expectations, they are often singular or individual, right? So that means that they are not shared. They're not shared with your partner and they're not shared because either you haven't talked about them or because you and your partner have vastly different viewpoints on these expectations. And if you are living the single life, doing your own thing, that would be no problem, no problem whatsoever. But because you and your partner are, again, in theory, partners, you're a team, when expectations are not shared, when they're individual, when they're singular, they can be incredibly unhelpful for a relationship. So those are healthy and unhealthy expectations. And here's this other category that I want to throw in there for you to think about. And I want to throw this in because I think it's incredibly important. In addition to healthy and unhealthy expectations, there are also unspoken expectations. And these are the expectations that cause couples so much trouble. Unspoken expectations can be healthy or unhealthy, helpful or unhelpful. It doesn't really matter. The most important part about unspoken expectations is, well, they're unspoken. They're not talked about, they're not discussed, and they're not explored. And because they're unspoken, they sit between people, kind of like this elephant in the room, right? Where, you know, you know, your partner has expectations of you, or, you know, you have expectations of your partner, but because you're not really talking about them, you can't do anything with them. And again, because you're not really talking about them, it is so easy to be disappointed or to disappoint your partner. These unspoken expectations can lead to a tremendous amount of frustration and resentment and tension between couples because it creates this feedback loop where one person has unspoken expectations and therefore unmet expectations And the partner with unspoken, unmet expectation gets incredibly frustrated, incredibly disappointed, and they communicate in some form or another their disappointment, whether it's, you know, through the look on their face or a deep sigh, or just this kind of overall sensation of I'm disappointed in you. They communicate their disappointment to their partner, but because they never actually talk about their expectations, their partner never really gets the good, strong idea of what they're doing wrong. Right. And so it sets their partner up too. It sets their partner up for feeling this feeling of, I can never do anything right because I don't know what my partner expects. And even if I have an idea of what my partner expects, when I've got competing priorities and competing values, I have to choose what I'm going to do And I always feel like I'm going to get it wrong. So these unspoken expectations just lead to this horrible feedback loop of disappointment, resentment, tension, uncertainty, insecurity, just all of these awful feelings between partners. And when partners are afraid to talk about expectations, that feeling just kind of sits there 
again, like the elephant in the room. And as a couples therapist, I work every day with couples who are struggling with the long-term effects of these feelings that have built up over time. And sometimes, depending on what's going on in the relationship, that's one of the first things we do is we, we get into expectations and we talk about expectations, what they are, why they matter, how they're related to each person's values, and we say them out loud. So that partners actually have a chance to talk about it, to negotiate, and to come to some sort of shared agreement on how they're going to shine for each other. And I know that sounds kind of cheesy. I get it. But at the end of the day, isn't that what we all want? We want to shine for the people that we love. So these unspoken expectations can create this tremendous, this just huge barrier between you and the person you love. If you have unspoken or unhealthy expectations in your relationship, there's a pretty good chance that you feel disappointed, disappointed in your partner and disappointed in your marriage. And that is why I think talking about expectations is so incredibly important. You know, if you've been following me for any amount of time, by now, you probably know that I'm a couples therapist. I work with busy, stressed out, overwhelmed couples, and I help those couples find balance in their relationship again and reconnect. Talking about expectations and exploring expectations is one of the top things that you can do to recalibrate your relationship and to reconnect. And this is why I want you to talk about your expectations with your partner, of your partner, of yourself, and of your marriage regularly. For better or for worse, this cannot be a single conversation that you accomplish and that you finish and that you never have to revisit again. You have to revisit your expectations because your expectations are going to be rooted in your own values, your own goals, your own dreams. And you need to make sure that your partner is in on that, that you're a team. And I'm going to be honest, this is where I get some pushback from some of the couples that I work with, because what I hear a lot is, well, if he loved me, he would just do it. Or if he really knew me and he really cared about me, he'd know what I want. And I, you know, that's where I have to call people out. Really, it is your responsibility to explain your expectations. It is your responsibility to make sure that your partner knows that your partner is up to speed on what you need. Because again, expectations are, there's a set of standards. They're also a statement of needs. And this is something that I encourage couples to think about and to kind of frame their discussion of expectations around. Frame your discussion of expectations around a set of requests that your partner can fulfill. So here's an example of how to do that. Instead of telling your partner, I expect you to clean up around the house. Okay, that's a reasonable expectation, but what does that mean, right? Your expectation might be, hey, I expect you to ask me if I need help, or I expect you to pick up your clothes after yourself, right? It's really thinking about framing your expectations as a set of requests and giving your partner this specific set of requests that they can fulfill, right? So that they know, okay, this is what I have to do. This is how I meet my partner's expectations. So again, frame your expectations as a set of requests. And when you're talking about these requests, 
I want you to get emotional. So I, I don't want you to just talk about logistics. I don't want you to just talk about doing the dishes or tucking the kids into bed at night. I want you to talk about the feelings behind it, the thoughts, the feelings, the emotions. Why is this so important to you? Because when we pull our partners into those emotions, right? That deeper knowledge of who we are and why things are important to us. The reality is they are more likely to follow through. If you just tell your partner, Hey, it's important to me that you pick up the laundry. It's a request, right? But it's a request among hundreds of requests that your partner faces every day, especially if you have kids, right? It's just one request among many. But if you sit down with your partner and you explain to them that, hey, it would be really helpful if they picked up the laundry, because when they pick up the laundry, you feel cared for, you feel respected. If you can explain to them, why it matters to you, what it does for you, why it's so important. They are much more likely to hear that request and to remember that expectation. And when your partner kind of joins you in your world, right? When you share these intimate details, when you talk about the whys and the feelings, these expectations are much more likely to become shared expectations. Because when we talk about our why, when we talk about why things are important, we start to get into, again, those goals, those dreams, and those values and where they come from. And that's where we have some space to come together, to create shared goals, shared values, shared meaning. And once you have that, it's so easy to create shared expectations. So Again, what I really want couples to do, or what I encourage couples to do is to talk about their expectations, frame them in a way where their expectations are really requests that your partner can fulfill and to get into a discussion of meaning, talk about why it actually matters to you. And this is really important. You and your partner are busy, but more than that, you're probably pretty overwhelmed. Between the kids, your careers, the housework, it is so hard to manage all of the tasks, all of the to-do lists, all of the expectations. It's unfortunately inevitable that one or both of you are going to disappoint your partner. You're going to struggle to meet your partner's expectations. Your partner is going to struggle to meet your expectations. It's important to remember that that's not because they don't care. When your partner struggles to meet your expectations, oftentimes it is quite honestly because you haven't spent enough time talking not only about the expectations, but why they matter. And that's one of the most important things that I encourage couples to do is to keep talking, even when it's hard, whatever you do, don't stop talking about your expectations and don't stop talking about why they matter. This is why talking about your expectations works. One, talking about your expectations with your partner, quite frankly, it increases the likelihood that they're actually going to do it, that they're actually going to meet your expectations. When you keep talking about your expectations, you keep your expectations top of mind. And it is harder for those expectations to get lost on the to-do list. So that's one of the reasons why it works. When you talk about it a lot, you keep it top of mind. Two, and this is even more important, 
Another reason why it's so important to keep talking about your expectations is because it really does create this shared sense of meaning in your relationship. When you talk about your expectations, when you talk about why they matter, what it means to you, you create a shared world, an intimate understanding of each other. And just as a side note, that's one of the things that I hear couples complain about all the time is that they've lost intimacy. They've lost their friendship. They've lost their connection. It's because they stopped talking. One way to maintain and to strengthen your connection is to continue to talk about what matters and why. And as you talk about what matters and why it matters, you will start to notice that you and your partner are building this shared sense of meaning. When you talk about your values and how they align with each other, you build these shared values. It increases your connection. And it also increases the shared sense of expectations or how you both like things to look in your marriage and your relationship. So that's another reason why I want you to keep talking, keep talking about these expectations, keep talking about why it matters, because it creates this shared set of expectations and the shared meaning between the two of you. And this is one of the things that I like the most, (laughs) that I find the most valuable is when you continue to explore these issues, when you don't put them on the back burner, when you don't let them drop, you create a culture in your marriage and your relationship. And it is a culture of growth and appreciation. And this is one of the things that helps couples sort of last, helps couples kind of stay in love across a lifetime is a culture in their marriage that really values growth and appreciation because most of us are growing and changing all of the time. And when we can create a culture in our relationships that say, Hey, not only is this natural, it's also good as to be celebrated. We can kind of, again, kind of stay connected. We can pull our partners into our worlds and go into their worlds and create this shared sense of what's important. So again, I want you to keep talking about your expectations, even when it's hard, because it creates a culture in your marriage that supports growth and appreciation. And every friendship needs space for growth and appreciation. So here is my top tip for couples. If you are struggling with unmet expectations, unspoken expectations, just defining your expectations, my top tip is to remember to frame your discussion of expectations with your partner as a set of requests, right? A set of requests that you can make to your partner of things that they can do to make you happy. And this is my top tip because this is one of the areas where I see couples go wrong, where they kind of go sideways in the way that they communicate. Oftentimes when we talk to our partners about our expectations, we're actually having a conversation about how they disappointed us and what they did wrong, right? So going back to healthy meals, if I have this expectation of home-cooked healthy meals and my husband, you know, puts Pop-Tarts on the breakfast table and I pull him aside and I say, I am so disappointed. I, I can't believe that you would do that. I'm taking him aside. I'm scolding him. Ugh, that's awful. And I'm telling him what he did wrong. And because I'm focusing on what he did wrong, I'm not actually giving him any clue or any insight into what he can do right for me. So again, this is my top tip. Frame your 
expectations as a set of requests or things that your partner can do. And don't focus so much on what they did wrong or how they disappointed you. Instead, flip the conversation and tell them what they can do to make you happy and why it's so important to you. And when you're doing that, and this is key, don't forget to explore the why. Don't forget to tell your partner why these things are so important. And when you can help them understand, and maybe even help yourself, but help them understand how this set of requests connects to your values, your goals, and your dreams. That's even better. When you and your partner can have a conversation about those shared values, those shared goals, those shared dreams, you're going to feel much more connected, much more warm, much more hopeful, and the conversation is just going to be much more productive. So again, my top tip, never stop talking. Don't lower your expectations and make sure that you're always telling your partner why, why it's so important and why it matters. If you are listening to this episode and you are struggling with unspoken expectations, unhealthy expectations, or even unmet expectations, I want to encourage you to talk to your partner today. Don't wait. Don't sit on it. Don't let it be the elephant in the room and start a conversation with your partner about what you need. If you want more help and more support on this journey, follow me on Instagram. Follow me for more tips, tricks, and practical advice to build a better marriage and stay tuned for my summer workshop series coming soon. I want to help you rebalance your relationship and reconnect with your partner until next time. Thanks for listening to married. Well, the podcast have a comment or a topic you'd like me to cover. I'd love to hear from you over on Instagram at mary.well. Show notes and resources can be found at marriedwell.co. Special thanks to Emily Harding for producing this episode. Ready to level up your relationship? Start with my free quiz at marriedwell.co slash quiz and get a tailored to you strategy to overcome your biggest relationship roadblocks. Remember, relationships don't have to be this hard. You can be married well. See you next time.